Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. State fans, we are here live at the Woody Hayes Athletic Center. If you hear slamming uh, going on in the background, that's Jonathan Cooper, former Buckeye uh, defensive end who plays for the Denver Broncos, currently doing some workouts right over to our to our right here. So a little noisy, but we'll try and talk out here. I'm here with Dave Biddle. I'm Patrick Murphy. We're here for Bucknuts 247 Sports. We appreciate you tuning in, whether it's live or you're listening to this after the fact. Please like, subscribe, all that good stuff that really helps us out. Dave, they just finished up, the Buckeyes, that is, second spring practice. Uh, we were here on Tuesday, saw the first, a little bit of the first spring practice. Didn't get to see practice today, but did get to interview the running backs and wide receivers. So we're going to kind of go through that. Um, first of all, the, the wide receiver position. We know Jackson Smith and Jig was back. He had a big season. Marvin Harrison came on at the end of the year in the Rose Bowl. And they've got a lot of depth behind them. What, what does this room look like to you? How do you see this playing out when we get to the fall with, with kind of all the guys that they have that can step on the field? Yeah, to me, there's a, a clear top four here, and, and I would put them in this order. I, you know, I would go Jackson Smith and Jigba, and this is just my opinion. The coaches aren't saying this, and I think you have a different opinion on this. I would go Jackson Smith and Jigba. That's one I think everyone would agree on. Um, number two, Marvin Harrison. Number three, Mecca Buka. And you really, could, in my opinion, could flip-flop two and three. Um, I like that top three a lot. But I do think Julian Fleming is number four. And I might be in the minority there, but I think right now Julian Fleming, I would have him fourth. And you know you're stacked if Julian Fleming is your number four wide receiver in, entering his junior season. Um, and again, I could be wrong. Maybe he'll be uh, higher than that. But I think all four of those guys are going to play. And then Jaden Ballard's a guy that's coming on. Um, he's drawn high praise from the coaches. I think he's going to be that number five receiver. Probably he's not going to play a lot unless guys – hopefully there's no injuries. But that would be his path to playing times if guys get hurt because – um, usually, typically, Brian Hartline's not playing five receivers a lot. you got to really be in that top four. You could argue you got to be in that top three. Last year, we didn't see Marvin Harrison and, and Emeka Buka really that much till the Rose Bowl, and then we saw especially what Marvin could do. Um, it was really cool talking to those guys today a bit uh, more specific about that, but I love the depth at wide receiver. They still have Cam Brown, uh, Cam Brown, Cam Babb. Um, he's had several ACLs, but, you know, he's full go here for spring. It's amazing. We'll see if he can stay healthy, but I think they've got – a clear top four, and then Jaden Ballard's going to be that guy, that fifth guy that's kind of an up-and-comer. It's interesting. You mentioned the rotation because we've seen Brian Hartline in the past when you know they had Terry McLaurin, Johnny Dixon, uh, K.J. Hill, all that, that group of receivers. There was a good amount of rotation between that group last year. Not, not so much, as you said. And, and Brian Hartline talked last year. He, when he was a player and they had established themselves – he wanted to be on the field for every snap. It's it's a bit of a change in philosophy. Do you see that more as just, you know, Marvin Harrison and Mecca Buka weren't ready 
to, to be regular contributors? We saw him some. Or do you see that as Brian Hartline wanting to go with with guys that have really proved it, Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, and then Jackson Smith? Yeah, it, it's a little bit of both because they were true freshmen. So um, even though they're going to be superstars on my book and maybe as early as this year. But I think it was mostly the fact they had three first-round wide receivers. And he's like and, – and listen, and Harrison probably will be as well. Ibuka might be. Uh, Fleming, they might be. But he know he knew last year. I've got two guys that are going to be first-round picks in the 2022 draft, and Garrett Wilson and uh, Chris Olave. And I got another one in Jackson Smith and Jigba. And I am not going to take those guys off the field unless I need to or unless they're gas. Even though I've got these talented true freshmen over here, I'm keeping my studs on the field. So um, it doesn't mean just because he did it like that last year he's always going to do it that way. But still, I, I, still, I still feel like you're going to need to be in that top four to really uh, get a lot of playing time. Now, Jaden Ballard's going to get playing time. There's no doubt about it. But it might be, um, you know, more, uh, you know, a lot of playing time when the game's uh, in hand. Now, he's going to get some playing time when the game's on the line. Don't get me wrong. But, um, again, if you're out of that top four, uh, it's going to be tough to get uh, a lot of playing time at wide receiver for the Buckeyes. Yeah, Julian Fleming's the probably where we differ on on our opinions of the pecking order. And, you know, this, again, just, just opinion. Um, this is a guy, if healthy, I think really, really has ability – um, you know, I asked him today, he looks bigger. I mean, he just, you know, he looks different than, than, you know, he's not over, he's not tall like Marvin Harrison, though apparently there's some uh, discrepancy on Marvin Harrison's height. I heard you uh, discussing. He's definitely 6'4". They list him at 6'3". And Marvin Harrison, especially given the fact his father's a Hall of Fame wide receiver and he's, you know, everything he did in the Rose Bowl and even his accolades in high school. But Marvin Harrison Jr. could not be any more humble. I mean, this is a yeah. soft-spoken, humble, just good young man. Um, but he, he's like, yeah, I'm six, four. They, they list me at six, three. You got to help me out here. So I went and talked to Jerry Emig and Mike Basford, two SIDs do a great job and said, we got to get this guy six, four. We got to get it six, four in the, the media guide. So we'll see if, if they make that change. I cannot call myself six foot three. If they're listing Marvin Harrison jr. At six foot three, well, I can't he's, either. he's at least an inch taller than me. I mean, at least. So I've, I've been lying to everybody saying I'm six, three. So he's definitely six, four. Definitely. Um, so he's another guy, man. Like Pat's talking about how, you know, Julian Fleming just looks jacked, and he does. Marvin Harrison's not jacked, but he's he said he's about the same weight, but he's a lot stronger, yeah. and he's dropped his body fat, and he just feels great and looks great, and the coaches are talking him up. I mean, you guys saw what he did in the Rose Bowl. I mean, he's going to be a stud this year. He's not going to be a stud. We're not talking about, like, next year or whatever. This year, he'll, he'll, he, he will have a big year. I'm not going to say he's going to have as big of a year as Jackson Smith and Jigba did as a sophomore, but. Marvin Harrison Jr. will have a huge year this season in this offense. Yeah, you saw it in the Rose Bowl. I mean, what he can do, especially in the end zone, high point in those balls, things like that. Um, but you mentioned Jackson Smith and Jigba. Most of the time we saw him a year ago, he was playing out of the slot. Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson were the outside guys. He was the slot guy. Now that changed some, especially in the Rose Bowl. He, he played more outside. The talk is from the coaching staff that, that they're going to move him around a lot this year and that all these receivers are coached to play each position. That you know, It's not just – you're here to play the X or you're here to play the Y. You're, you're playing a different position. Moving Jackson Smith and Jigbo around not only frees up other guys to get on the field, Emeka Buka, who was a slot backup slot receiver last year, other guys, but it, it probably diversifies this offense a little bit, doesn't it, Dave? It does, for sure. Um, and I like the idea of moving Jackson Smith and Jigbo around. I do think he's going to play mostly in the slot. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Um, had arguably the best season by an Ohio State wide receiver ever. Definitely the best statistical season. Now you could say like that is, I'm not saying that Jackson Pathenjigba is better than Chris Carter and all the other great players that have played at Ohio State, sure. but 
um, man, that was a fantastic season. The point of the matter is, though, I, I agree with you, Patrick. I think um, it does make them more versatile, makes them more dangerous. Um, guys moving around, and it will give guys more of an opportunity to play. I think they will be able to get the, those top four guys um, playing time this year at wide receiver instead of just the top three last year. So not a huge change, but again, uh, if you're that fourth guy, you're actually going to see the field this year. And uh, if you were the fourth guy last year, you were not seeing the field. So, um, And another guy that's that they're going to be you know, playing a, a, not a wide receiver role, he's definitely a running back, but Evan Pryor is going to help out a little bit yeah. in the in the past game. And Trayvon Henderson is going to catch balls out of the backfield. We have a question, how does Trayvon Henderson look? He looks fantastic. It was great interviewing him. Um, I mean, he just looked, he already, he was jacked last year as a true freshman, especially for a guy that's known for being a game breaker. I mean, he's a tough kid though. And he, he was talking about that. That's the number one thing you have to have as a running back is toughness. I completely agree with that. Um, and he was talking about, you know, the things that the coaches want him to do. Don't worry about hitting the home run, you know, get those five yards, get those five yards. Kevin Wilson was talking about that. You collect those nickels, collect those nickels, collect those nickels. Eventually you're going to add it up and you're going to have a dollar. You're going to have the touchdown. Um, don't try and get the dollar right away. Get those nickels, add them up. And eventually you're going to have that touchdown. So, um, and Travion talked about that. Another cool thing I just want to throw out there, um, name, image, and likeness. You know, Travion grew up, um, you know, he wasn't wasn't dirt poor, but he said, you know, they they, they, they struggled. You know, his mom worked two jobs and uh, he had to share a bedroom with uh, two of his siblings. So three kids to a room. He's now able to take care of his mother. She doesn't have to work anymore because of name, image, and likeness. That's really cool. It's awesome. He's got a couple of different NIL deals. So really cool stuff. And he talked about that, how, He's able to now take care of his mother. What a cool thing. As a sophomore in college, really uh, still a freshman in college, still his freshman school right. year. So really cool stuff there. Yeah, that is awesome. Um, <coughs> Dave, one of the other things he <clears throat> talked about, and I'm not sure Ohio State's going to be too happy he talked about this. He said last year he had he suffered concussion during the game, was being like checked on the field, you know, off to the sideline. I don't know if you were over there when he was talking about that. I but, was not. You, you were telling me about yeah, it. Yeah, but. I mean, we, he's a, my point of this is he's a guy who did get banged up last year. You know, multiple times he didn't come back into games. Now, usually that was when the games were out of hand. Kevin Wilson made it pretty clear, Ryan Day as well, they're going to need multiple running backs this year, not just late in games, but Mayan Williams, Evan Pryor. It sounds like these guys are, you know, they're not the number one. That's Travion Henderson. But whether he's dinged up, if that becomes a thing that, that happens to him, or if he just needs a break, these two other guys need to be ready. You mentioned Evan Pry already, but Mayan Williams is back too after a pretty good year last year. Maybe not exactly what he envisioned when he started the season, but a solid year, I think, is the number two back. Yeah, I really like Mayan Williams. I think he needs more carries this year. It's tough, though, because, I mean, there's only one ball, and, you know, Travion Henderson is the starter, and he's going to be even better. He set freshman uh, records around here last year, and uh, he's going to be even better as a sophomore. But I love Mayan Williams. Like, I'm, uh, you need two running backs, at least two. I mean, I like the the old phrase, you know, pair and a spare. You really need three. Um, Evan Pryor's probably not going to play a lot, even though I said, you know, he can add a different element um, unless there's injuries. I really think that one-two punch, though, with Travion Henderson and Mayan Williams is extremely dangerous. I love what Mayan brings to the table. He's so good. You know, if it looks like it's going to be a two-yard run, it's a five-yard run with Mayan. I love that about him. So um, I think he, he needs to be a bigger part of the offense this year. And keep in mind, there's – Less cooks in the kitchen this year. Yeah, Master Teague, they had to try and keep him happy last year. Yeah. So I think just naturally, Mayan Williams is going to have a bigger role in the offense this year. Yeah, and Evan Pryor, in, ter in terms of catching passes like you were talking about, was talking about doing some of the things they did with Jackson Smith and Jigba last year where he lined up as a running back and then came out running routes, catching passes that way. He said, I can do that stuff. We don't have to put Jackson back there. So it'll be interesting to see how they do that. You could disguise it a little bit more because obviously Evan Pryor being a running back We'll be back there to carry the ball at some times. Trayvon Henderson can do that stuff too. We've seen that in the past. Um, 
we, we talked to the running backs wide receivers today. That's why we hit on them so much here. But we, we also talked to Kevin Wilson. We talked to Ryan Day, and we talked to Jim Knowles on Tuesday. What maybe one or two things that stood out to you from, from those interviews? And maybe if there's anything from practice that we saw on Tuesday since we weren't able to do this that, that we should share with, with fans. Yeah, I think the number one thing, I continue to be extremely impressed with Jim Knowles. Um, and I asked him about his philosophy when it comes to teaching proper tackling because Ohio State's not been a good tackling defense the last few years. And we remember back to 2014 when they won the national championship, they were using rugby-style tackling and they had the least amount of missed tackles in the country. So not a coincidence that they were the national champions that year when you have the least amount of missed tackles in the country. Um, so I asked, I was curious to get his take on that. And he gave an insightful, like, four-minute answer. Um, I also wanted to know, like, to be a good tackling team, do you actually have to practice tackling, bringing guys to the ground? Because it feels like, you know, going into – and I'll get to his answer in a minute. Before hearing his answer, I was thinking – you know, to be a good tackling defense, you need to practice it. And I know it's a fine line. You don't want to get your guys hurt. But if you want to be a good tackling defense, you need to actually practice bringing guys to the ground. Well, I've now changed my mind because <laughs> Professor Jim Knowles has brought me over to the good side. He said, no, you don't need to practice bringing guys to the ground. It's all about taking proper angles. And you can work on this all year round, even when you don't have pads on. It's about proper hip integrity, whatever you want to call it. You know, shooting the hips and having the proper angle, not going for big hits, wrapping up. And he does teach rugby-style tackling. I love it. I absolutely love it. Rugby-style tackling, not only is it safer, it's more effective. You're getting guys to the ground. You're a more sure tackler. You're not going to have the big hits, but they don't want to have these big hits. They're trying to save guys' career. You don't want to get guys kicked out of the game. It's not just about protecting the other team. You're protecting your own guys. You yeah. know, guys, we see it all the time. Guy flies in to make a big hit, and he knocks himself out. You know, and he might get kicked out of the game while he's doing it or get a flag, you know, and he knocked himself out by trying to make a big hit. No. And you're miss a lot of times you're missing a tackle. You're bouncing off guys when you're trying to do that. So I love what Jim Knowles is teaching with um, the defense and what he's doing with tackling. One quick thing, and I'm long-winded here. Kevin Wilson, I love – I mentioned this on our podcast yesterday. Everybody saw this. I love something Kevin Wilson said because a lot of people, myself included, Patrick, have said Ohio State had the best offense in the country last year. And if you look at the stats, they did. Number one total offense, Ohio State Buckeyes in the entire country. This includes like the group of five schools who, you know – it's usually one of them. Uh, number one scoring offense in the country, Ohio State. And Kevin Wilson was asked about that, about being the best offense in the country. He said, we weren't the best offense in the country last year. We lost two games. You can't lose two games and be the best offense in the country. Now, he goes, we were a great stat offense. Uh, but they, you know, I love that attitude. I love that attitude. Because it's been easy to say, yeah, we lost two games, but it was because of the defense. Um, not that he's going to throw the defense under the bus, but right. you know what I mean. Um, I love that attitude of Kevin Wilson's like, no, we've got to get better. And specifically stuff like the short yardage, they need to be much better in short yardage. And I think that's something Justin Fry, the new offensive line coach, is going to bring. That's something Travion Henderson mentioned today. Um, I just like that attitude out of Kevin Wilson. It's not like, yeah, we're the number one offense in the country. It's like, no, we weren't the number one offense in the country. Stats don't matter if you're losing two games, including to your rival. Right. Yeah, that short yardage thing is huge for me, what they need to improve on because – you can't just rely on on the passing game to have big plays. When you get down close, you get in the red zone, you get in third and third and short, fourth and short, in middle of the field. You need to be able to trust your offensive line can get that push. Your running backs can then then pick up those couple yards. You mentioned those nickels that add up to uh, to a dollar. You know, if you're on the three yard line, you got to be able to punch that in. Too often last year, Ohio State wasn't able to do that, and so yeah, that stood out to me as well with, with Kevin Wilson. A um, couple questions here. We'll end on on those. We were asked by uh, by Greg Wilson here about uh, Zach Harrison and, and how he fits in the fold. 
Dave, just the defensive ends in general. It's a position the last couple of years hasn't been as productive as, as they have in the past. We haven't seen the, the kind of next emergence of the Bosa brothers or Chase Young. Zach Harrison was thought to be that guy. Obviously, JT Tuum allowed Jack Sawyer now in their second years. How do you see the defensive end room playing out once we get to the fall? Yeah, I'm, I'm glad Zach Harrison's back. I do think it's going to be – I think there's a clear top three there in whatever order with uh, JT Tumaloal, Jack Sawyer, and Zach Harrison. Uh, Jack Sawyer. Did I say Zach? Did Jack I say, Sawyer. Yeah. You're good. Did I say Jack? Okay. Jack Sawyer. We call, we call them both Zach Sawyer and Zach Harrison. I'm getting them confused. Um, now – to be clear, though, Jack Sawyer plays like kind of a different position than Zach Harrison and JT Tuimolo will in this all in this defense. Like they'll be more of the strong side end, um, and Sawyer will be a, a rush end. But those are your top three, and then Javante Jean Baptiste is going to be in there. Um, they've moved Mitchell Melton to defensive end. I think that's an interesting development. But uh, you know, a clear top three, I think. And for those of you know Buckeye fans, just remember Steve Miller's 2014 season. He was yeah. a guy that came in highly touted and not as highly touted as as Zach. Um, but highly touted, didn't really do much his first three years and then broke out as a senior. Um, didn't have a crazy good year as a senior, but had a good year, had that huge pick six against Alabama in the semifinals. Um, I expect Zach Harrison to be a better version of what Steve Miller was that year. Um, you know, Zach, Zach Harrison, while has been a disappointment his first three years, his first three years in the program are still better than Steve Miller's first three yeah. years. So I think Zach Harrison is going to have a good year this year. Um, and But he's going to have to battle because you're going to have JT Tuimolo-Lau Jack Sawyer, Javante Jean-Baptiste, and like I said, Mitchell Melton's also moved down there. And there's some other guys I'm sure I'm leaving out. Yeah, it, it should be interesting. Larry Johnson, we obviously trust him to, to get that right, especially when he has the talent. Um, we were also asked, Dave, your, your Western Michigan friend, uh, Glenn Dickens, uh, how are the tight ends looking? I think that's an interesting position. Kevin Wilson, another thing that stood out to me, and he's brought this up before. He's, but he, he wants to know about Western Michigan's tight ends, how they're looking, how the Broncos' tight ends uh, are looking. Well, I can't help I'm you. Kidding, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, but uh, Kevin Wilson made the comment that this offense is at its best when the tight ends are doing what they are supposed to do. And that doesn't mean catching passes. We all know. We've all talked about it. The Ohio State tight ends don't catch a ton of passes. We, we've seen guys that can do it. They don't use them that way. Maybe that'll change if G. Scott Jr. Uh, really emerges. But the, the, that tight end group does a lot of the grunt work, helping the offensive line, making blocks on the outside, things like that. Um, Jeremy Ruckert's gone. Where, where do you see this group? Mitch Rossi, obviously the, the main returner, six-year guy, but he's not a big pass catcher, more of an H-back, fullback type of guy. How do you see this shaking out with Joe Royer, G. Scott, some of the other guys. We don't even know where Cade Silver's going to play. Yeah, well, I think Cade Silver's going to stay on defense. I'll be too. shocked if he doesn't. Um, in fact, I think he'll probably be that Leo, um, that hybrid outside linebacker defensive end. So Mitch Rossi is probably going to be like the, the the starter, the blocker, um, the guy that's, you know, that hybrid, as Pat was saying, like fullback, H-back. But they need either G. Scott Jr. or Joe Royer, or I guess Sam Hart or Bennett Christian. They need one of those guys, most likely G. Scott Jr. or Joe Royer, who are entering their third year to step up and be uh, either not, you know, if not the starter, a clear number two. Um, you're going to need somebody, because Mitch Rossi is very good in his role, but you're going to need another tight end. Um, now, I don't think they're going to use, use as much 12 personnel this year as they have in the past, meaning two tight ends on the field together. Um, but they're going to need one of those guys to step up. And Kevin Wilson seems pretty bullish on G. Scott Jr., so we'll see what happens there. He continues to bulk up. Um, I think one of those guys needs to step up. It's definitely not a deep room. Um, it's not a proven room. You know, Brian Day mentioned it's he didn't use the word concern, but he said, you know, that's that's something they got to get ironed out is, is figuring out the depth chart at, at tight end. But they've got, you know, again, Kevin Wilson said G. Scott Jr.'s got a very high ceiling, so I'd keep an eye on him. Yeah, and he kind of broke it down as like certain guys can do certain things and they can, you know, he labeled some guys as 
guys that can flex out and guys that'll be at the end and it'll be blockers. So they can do some different things. We've obviously seen, you know, even though Mitch Rossi's not a big pass catcher, he's caught some big passes. I think he had four receptions last year, one big one in the Rose Bowl. Yep. So he can make a play when when you don't expect it, similar to what we've seen with tight ends of the past. Uh, Christopher Scurry asked about the receivers that have stood out to us. We saw three, three periods of one practice so far. So we haven't seen much. Um, we talked about the receivers a bit earlier. Look, it's they're talented. I mean, we, we know that um, as we go best, through best receiver in group in the country. Yeah. So as we go through spring, we'll be able to answer some more of that as as we see a little bit more. I don't know if we'll ever get a full practice. Uh, we there was talk of that before spring practice, and and now it looks like we may only get little bits and pieces. But um, we'll keep doing these throughout spring practice. Obviously, Dave. Uh, Dan Rubin are doing the BM5s this way in the morning. So we're going to be doing a lot of this stuff. As I said at the beginning, please like, subscribe, YouTube, Facebook, follow on Twitter, obviously, for all that good coverage. Um, Dave, you've already got a story about Jim Knowles that you put up this morning. Was that this morning? About tackling? It was uh, last night. Yeah. Yeah, Wednesday night. So if you want to read more about what Dave was talking about, about Jim Knowles and and the tackling Ohio State, that's already videos, everything later today from the interviews here. Obviously, more stories. Steve and I are on our way to Indianapolis. We'll be doing basketball stuff this evening. Buckeyes play at 9 p.m. Thursday night against Penn State in the second round. So, Dave, thanks for doing this with me. Um, we're going to depart the whack now and head on home. Thanks to everyone for tuning in. Thanks for those who listen afterwards. Have a good day, Buckeye fans. We'll talk to you guys soon. Next week's spring break, so we won't be doing anything next week from, from practice. Still have the normal podcast, but uh, we'll be back here in two weeks ready to go as the Buckeyes pick it back up. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.